Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thursday edition of the Canal Valley Sports Report, April the 27th, 2023. Thank you all for joining me. However you may be listening to this show, you can find the podcast version of the show wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Taylor underscore Kennedy 7 for all the latest about this show and much more going on across the Canal Valley. Follow the 580 WCHS Twitter page at 580 WCHS and the Metro News Twitter handle is at WV Metro News. So, Busy, busy show yet again. I know I say this every week, and I feel like you guys are just keeping a running tab. And what's funny is we talk about running tabs. Quick story. Junior year of high school, I did not play basketball, but we played against Polka in the postseason. I don't know if it was a sectional or regional tournament, but I'm good friends with Luke Frampton, so um, I've always poked fun with him about this. But he used to always flip his hair. And we, the student section used to always keep a running tab of how many times he would flip his hair. So that, Anytime I say that, I always think of that story, and I've always I've always brought that up towards Luke whenever I talk to him. So um, he's a great guy. I'm glad that he had a successful college basketball career at Davis and then Western Kentucky. But I look forward to seeing what he does in the future. But anyway, back to today. In our second segment, following our first break, we will be joined by the West Virginia State head football coach John Pennington. How has their spring practice gone? Their spring game kicks off at 5.30 p.m. on Friday, and we'll hear from Coach Pennington about his spring with the Yellow Jackets, and we'll learn more about what to expect from this year's West Virginia State football team. Then in our third segment, we'll head up to Montegalia County, where we will be joined by pitcher Noah Short from the Mountaineer baseball team. They are off to a fantastic start thus far through 41 games. They are 31-10, and 8-4 in conference play. And they have a showdown against the Baylor Bears this weekend. So we'll chat with Noah. He's actually a Hurricane alum. So we'll talk about his connection to that school and also his connection being a guy playing in his home state of West Virginia. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back and we'll hear from John Pennington, the West Virginia State head football coach, coming up next on the Canal Valley Sports Report. Welcome back into a Thursday edition of the Canal Valley Sports Report, April the 27th, 2023. Thank you all for listening to the show. You can find the podcast version of the show wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. You can follow me on Twitter 
at Taylor underscore Kennedy seven for all of the latest about this show and much more going on across the Canal Valley. Follow the 580WCHS Twitter page at 580WCHS. So in our previous show back on Monday, we recapped the WVU and Marshall Thundering Herd spring football practices. Both of those concluded with their annual spring games last Saturday. Well, let's take it from the Division II standpoint. And as many, many teams nationwide are doing, spring football practices are slowly coming to an end. And I know my next guest is excited for the future, but he's also he's also said that he's got a way to get back into full contact with his players until a couple of months from now. But please welcome to the program the head football coach of the West Virginia State Yellow Jackets, head coach John Pennington. Coach, welcome to the program. Taylor, thanks for having me, man. This is this is an exciting time of year. We've got, you know, like you said, got our spring game coming up and uh, finals right after that. we got a junior day, uh, so a lot of recruits for 2024. And, um, you know, things are things are going well here. We're right, right in the middle of it. Yeah, your all spring game will start on Friday, April the 28th at 5.30 p.m. at Lake and Ray Field at Dickerson Stadium. So kind of walk me through how has spring practice gone for you all? Uh, it's been excellent. I I think, you know, sometimes in spring it it can get monotonous, you know, hitting each other over and over again. Uh, We took a little bit of a different approach and and took our time installing, uh, you know, some of the things that we do. So we really tried to hammer the fundamentals of the the schemes that we're going to run game in, game out. Um, And then we got to our scrimmages. So we didn't scrimmage until uh, about a week and a half ago was our first scrimmage. So we, we haven't, and, and so I think that kind of kept things fresh for our guys, um, where we were able to, you know, to practice and, and have some good competition. Uh, we finally got to a scrimmage, so we got to see some live tackling and that sort of thing, and had good position battles. We have some new transfers that look really good, and some young guys that are coming along. Offense doing well, defense doing well. You know, you're kind of alternating who's winning different things. So that's kind of what you want as a head coach. You want to stay healthy. You want to see guys develop and position battles unfold, uh, and you you know, and then ultimately you want to see both teams kind of you know offense, defense, special teams have success. Kind of walk me through this. Whenever it's all said and done for this year's spring football practices, and obviously the spring game on Friday, what are some things that you're going to walk away from that leaves you encouraged heading into the upcoming season? I think number one is you know staying healthy. Uh, as far as you know, what I'm looking for. Uh, you know, coming out of there with our guys ready to go for the summer. But w- my number one goal for this spring was to develop the habits of a championship football program. Um, so I would love to see some of those habits on display, guys, um, you know, playing extremely hard but not, you know, pass the whistle, that sort of thing. Like, we, you know, make guys, you know, not any unforced errors, you know, making sure that it's, uh, playing hard, fast, but but clean and smooth because we've been we've really worked hard on you know accountability, doing the little things right. Um, we'd like to see some of those things show up. You know, there's always signs and things that kind of pop up, and I, so I'd like to see some of those things show up uh, on the field on Saturday. A fast, smooth um, you know team that that functions at a high level. So that's um, you know in a broader scheme, what I'm looking for as the head coach. On the flip side of that. From what you've seen thus far, what are some things that need improvement leading into the summer and ultimately the beginning of fall practice? Well, you know, I think we definitely need to get um, we definitely need to get some guys. We have we have some experience in linebacker, but we need to find um, you know a guy in the middle, a guy that can really 
you know, kind of control the box. We've got a great D-line. We've got excellent secondary players. Um, and we have some guys with experience at linebackers, so that's good. But we need to find whether it's one of the guys that's developing now and all the guys that are have experience have done well. But we need to find that guy in the middle there. And then on the offensive side of the ball, um, really got, you know, we got some new receivers. So we had some transfers that came in. They've done a good job. We just need to see those guys continue to develop and win matchups uh, on the perimeter because we've got quarterbacks, fifth-year seniors, so not too concerned there. We've got a lot of linemen coming back. Um, running backs are all back. So, you know, just those areas where, you know, we knew we needed to develop, we need to see, you know, we'd like to see some of those guys shine on Saturday, kind of give, help you feel good, you know, going into the summer. When you get through, or whenever you go throughout your spring uh, practices, do you start to pinpoint which groups you start to see the the depth chart in regards to who's going to start and who's going to be the backup? Do you start looking at that now, or is it too early to tell? It's it's definitely too early to tell, but like I you know I have to look at it from a general manager kind of aspect, uh, where you know what is the talent level at these positions, and my job as the head coach is to make sure that we have in each room the you know the right amount of a championship level talent at each position and also depth at each position. So that's really I'm looking at it more from not necessarily first string and second string, but do we have the talent? You know, at, at, at each position, do we have the depth at each position? Um, because, you know, 11-game season, there's a lot of things that can happen. Uh, you, you may have an elite guy, you know, uh, in a, a talent at this area, but you, you better have some depth and, and or some experience there. So um, just making sure that we have, you know, no holes in our positions as far as the talent level and the experience level. Obviously, one of the biggest things for any coach is trying to identify – a, the starting quarterback, and obviously Donovan Riddick had a fantastic season for you guys a season ago. What's that room looking like for you guys? Well, there's no doubt who, who the starter is. Um, that's, you know, that's always makes things a little bit easier. Yeah. Uh, so Donovan, you know, he had, he's had a great spring. He's had a great career here. You know, he's, he, he's in full command. Uh, one of the things I love about that room and him in particular, um, he can tell when I'm, when I'm getting excited or mad or, if I need to calm people down, he's been on the same wavelength as me pretty much at the exact all spring. You know, he, he gets – he knows what, how to, you know, kind of control the thermometer of our team, especially offense, obviously. Uh, and then we have a – we have a, a serious battle going on for that, for that backup job. We've got uh, Avon Rucker, who's a, a big, talented left-hander from Atlanta, uh, who's been in our program for a while. And then we've got um, a young man, Caleb Jean-Trois, from Richwood, who's – Oh, they've also they've been in the program same amount of time, and they're both developing. So they've been live uh, the majority of this spring, and and, and they've they've really battled well. And um, you know, both of them are going to be on full display on Friday night. You know, Donovan's probably not going to get as many reps for obvious reasons. We don't need to see any more from him. Um, you know, at least in that aspect. So really watching, you know, uh, Caleb and and Avon of you know who can kind of make that leap. You know, when, when there's live bullets, it's a whole different animal, you know, when those bullets are live. Another position offensively that you guys do have some good depth in, and that is the running back position. It looks like Joel Felder and Tavis McAdoo, your top two rushers from a season ago, are back for another season with Tavis being a senior and obviously Joel being a junior. But how encouraged are you having both of those guys back along with such a powerful weapon in, in uh, Donovan Riddick? 
Well, that that run game was we were number one in the region, number twenty. I mean, number one the conference and the region, number twenty two in the country, and really didn't start running the ball well until about the middle of the season. So having Donovan being able to run the ball and and Joel can take the ball ninety nine, eighty yard at any point, he can break a touchdown. Uh, and then Tavis has been in our program. You know, he'll be a, a redshirt junior, so like he's been in the program. He scored touchdowns in big games, big moments, and he can break long runs too so you got two explosive running backs and an explosive quarterback that can hurt you in the run game um, with an experienced line I mean that gives you a lot of confidence so we got two um, two really good young running backs that are coming along and developing we've got another running back um, H-back type guy Joe Jones who scored touchdowns for us that's going to catch passes and do some of the run game so we feel very comfortable with that room and uh, mostly you know a lot on Friday night is going to be a heavy dose of those two young running backs to see which which one of those two is, is ready for you know for Saturdays in the fall. One thing to keep in mind for a lot of people is just the the overall depth that your team has. Obviously, you're returning a plethora of great guys, whether it be offensively or defensively. But you keep mentioning these young guys as well. Let's kind of spend some time on that. When you get into the spring, obviously they're trying to adjust to a brand new system they're trying to adjust to brand new guys around them just, there's just a lot going on for them how do you kind of bring them back to reality and allow them to see everything allow them to learn from guys like Donovan and your two great running backs and obviously the returns that you have defensively is that more of something that you take on or is that something that you allow the players to to do and interact with as well well, I mean, one of the biggest things in our program is servant leadership and, and being a great teammate. You know, that's something we emphasize constantly. Uh, I love being part of a team. You know, we all love being part of something bigger than us. And I think our, you know, our players definitely take take that on as their responsibility to, um, you know, to, to help each other out, to be a servant leader, to show, you know, to teach the guy below them that's going to come up and, you know, whoever the next Donovan Riddick is kind of thing. So they – they do that naturally, and I think a lot of it is because of how, how great our coaching staff is and how they constantly emphasize, you know, that we want to we serve our teammates. We want to find ways to make each other better. It's, it's going to make us better. It's going to make them better. Um, and, it, you know, Donovan, he could, pro- he could pretty much run a quarterback meeting without me there. And a lot of times those guys go to each other and ask them questions. We had a quarterback, Drew Chance, that was a graduate assistant coach that just got an offensive coordinator job. And, a lot of times Donovan would go to, to Drew, uh, you know, to ask him a lot of questions because Drew played for us and, uh, and knew a lot of the answers. So I think there's a culture of that here, you know, where those guys help each other out. And, um, you know, and, and our, our older guys know, you know, that we're going to need these young guys, whether it's, um, you know, whether it's the fifth game of the year, or the first game of the year, or the 11th game of the year, we're going to count on those guys in some capacity. I think everybody understands college football, you know, we're not going to have everybody healthy for 11 games and, and no one's going to be a hundred percent ever. You know, you're, you're hopeful you're in the 80 to 90% as far as being healthy on a game day. So, um, you know, running back, especially quarterback, I mean, those guys take a beating. So, you know, you want to have multiple guys ready and um, everyone in here knows, knows what the mission is. Uh, and that's, you know, to be the toughest, most connected team in the country and to be the best of what we do. So um, they all understand the mission and, and they work together to make it happen. When you talk about these young guys, who who are you going to want to watch for, whether it be offensively or defensively on Friday, that obviously people may or may not know about leading into the upcoming season that could make it a, an immediate impact for your team? Are there are there a few guys that you're starting to see that could 
definitely be an early candidate for an early um, contender for being a key contributor for this year's team? Well, I'd say primarily would be uh, the transfers. Um, we've got Devin Washington from um, uh, transferred to us from West Virginia Westland and Nolan Johnson uh, transferred us from Walsh. Both receivers, we lost some receivers. So really, you know, wanting to see those guys, you know, step in and have an immediate impact. Um, we've got a, a right tackle that transferred from Mount Union uh, that's new. And so, you know, wanting to see him kind of put it all together on Friday uh, on the on the defensive side of the ball. We've got a linebacker, Tim Stanford, uh, another transfer that we wanted to make sure got, you know, uh, a lot of reps and, and show something on Friday. Uh, and then, um, you know, another a corner, Nick Blake, is another guy. Uh, but he's probably not going to do a whole lot because of an ankle thing. But, you know, really wanted to see those new guys. Those are the guys that are going to be the heavy contributors. And then we got guys like um, Justin Pessoa is a running back. Uh, that, that we're really excited about. He is a yellow jacket through and through, just gritty, tough. You know, no one works harder than him. I mean, he's – and he's shown a lot of promise. Um, and then we've got, you know, we've got some some young guys on the uh, the D-line. Omari Lewis is a big guy up front that takes up a lot of gaps. Um, so really wanted to see him take the next step uh, on top of the guys that have been, you know, consistently making plays for us. Um, those are the ones. We've got a safety, Jai Martin, who played a lot last year, and, and uh, I think he's going to be an all-conference caliber player uh, at, at the safety position. And Avery Scott is another safety nickel um, that, that has shown a lot of promise, had a pick six in our scrimmage last week. Um, so, you know, those, those are two guys that are, you know, you want to see take that next step uh, from a guy you can count on to a guy you can win with every week. Um, another guy is Queasy Tillman. Uh, from Atlanta, Georgia as well. He's a defensive end, outside backer. Um, and Caleb Edwards, another outside linebacker, defensive end. Just two really good young guys coming off the edge uh, can, can make our, you know, defense dynamic. You know, that the best, best uh, coverage in the world is a good pass rush. So having two edge guys is going to make a big difference. When you look at where you guys still need to get guys um, in certain position groups, and obviously you keep mentioning the portal, are you going to have to go back into the portal after the spring game and find some different guys to plug into different positions? And if so, which positions would those be? You know, I, we're absolutely going to have to go in and, and keep finding guys that are, you know, that, that make our program better. Um, we don't, we don't spend, we, we got, I think we signed like, I want to say close to 40 freshmen. So, you know, that's, that's the majority of what we do is bring in those guys and develop them. But to have that immediate impact, you know, we definitely want to we want to get in the portal and find guys um, that not only add that talent level but fit our culture. And you know, the way that it works now, you you have a lot more access to information of these guys in the transfer portal now that it's um, you know that it's streamlined. You know, you know, you, you can go to a certain spot and get that information. And we brought in six transfers this spring, and all six have been just great fits. I, I got to give our older our, our current players a lot of credit for how they brought those guys in and made them part of our family. And, and also the transfers, they came in very open-minded, wanting to learn our culture, wanting, you know, and you can find those guys, you know, I think uh, maybe the portal gets a bad rap. We've had a lot of success with it. Of course we lose guys, but we also gain them. Uh, and our program is about developing young men into leaders. It's not about, you know, getting 18 year olds and turning them into 23 year olds. You know, that's, 
we want to get young people in here, develop them as leaders, get them a degree, and, and have them walk out of here with a great experience on the football field. So, um, you know, we, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter what level they are, what age they are. You know, we find the right fit. If they got their yellow jacket, then, you know, that's what we got to do. So that linebacker, big area of need. Um, I, I would say at every level on both sides of the ball, we're wanting to find somebody because, you know, you're always one play away from being really thin. You know, we got, a, we got depth at the running back room, but one guy, you know, he, he hurts his pinky toe and he can't play. Now it looks a lot different in that room. Um, there's some rooms that have some really good young depth that make you feel like we don't, it's not as pressing. Um, but like it, it's always interchange and like, you never know what's going to happen at the end of finals week. Some guy may want to get in the portal. Now we don't have a lot of guys that do that, but maybe they want to go back home. Maybe they want to be closer to mom. Maybe, um, you just don't really know what's going to happen. So, you, you know, you always have to have these contingencies ready. So we, we kind of recruit it all and, you know, find the right fit. And if, you know, if, if it works out where we have an opening and, um, then we'll go get them. If not, then we just, you know what I mean? We don't have to do, we can kind of take our time and just rely on the guys that are here. How does John Pennington manage the transfer portal? Uh, we have a service that we use, um, catapult. It's incredible. I mean, it has so much information in there. We, we are, you know, constantly looking, you know, right now, it's, you know, we're, our focus is developing our team. Um, uh, but we've already kind of got in there. You know, there's a lot of teams that have finished their spring. So we know, that there's a lot of people looking to, um, you know, to, to transfer places. And we have a great culture here, you know. So, like, I have – my assistant coaches do an incredible job. They're the ones that are really doing the, you know, doing the dirty work. And once we get a guy that we feel like is a good fit, you know, that's when I come in and can kind of talk to them about what we plan on doing and how we can plan on helping them develop. But, uh, honestly, primarily it's, it's our assistants that do just – an outstanding job of kind of vetting, finding the right fit. They know what I'm looking for, and it makes life a lot easier on me if if they, you know, find those guys that, that fit our culture. You are entering year seven as the Yellow Jackets head football coach. What's something that you did not know when you took over this job seven years ago that you that you know now and it has been very helpful in continuing to grow the Yellow Jackets program, football program, I should say? You know, I, I think um, – I'll say this personally, you know, having a mindset of, you know, coming to work, expecting, expecting problems to happen. I mean, ultimately my job is to solve, solve problems for our players, our coaches, just anything that's going on, nothing, nothing bad. But I got, I, you know, you got to come in with that mindset because 90% of the days I come to work, I'm going to have to put out a fire or two. And, and, you know, what I do is I kind of expect to solve problems. That's my job. I take it, I take a lot of pride in it of, of, you know, keeping things off of our assistant coaches and making sure that our players are taken care of. And then, you know, on 10% of those days where nothing happens, I'm, I'm giving myself a high five on the way home and uh, feel a lot better about my day. And early on, I was like, you know, overwhelmed by the amount of things that would show up at my desk. Uh, and so 90% of the time I was, you know, it would be get angry and only 10% of the time I'd be happy. So I kind of flipped that perspective. And it's made, it's made, you know, that being a head coach, um, uh, I don't say a lot easier, but it, it, it makes it, when you, you know, a change of perspective can change everything. So now it's 90% of my days I solve problems. The other 10% I've had a great day. And so um, that's kind of how I look at it. For you all to replicate and even do better than what you guys did last year, you guys finished last season seven and four. 
overall? And what do you guys have to do to get over the hump and remain one of the top teams and win, it, and win your division in such a competitive Mountainese Conference football, uh, football league? You know, we have to continue to, to build on, you know, the foundation of who we are and being the toughest, most connected team in the country. You can see, you know, the strides we're making, um, albeit they may not be, you know, giant steps, but we can see a lot of things that are different now than they were six years ago. Uh, obviously, the record was a little bit better, but uh, I think it's one of those things, you know, where you, if you're trying to move, you know, push a rock, you know, a giant rock, it's like it takes a lot of effort to get that rock moving. And now, you know what I mean? Now you get a little momentum, it, it, you know, you keep pushing and that thing's going to start uh, an avalanche, you know, it's going to start really rolling with speed. And uh, I feel like that's kind of where we're at. We've got to keep doing the things that got us here and keep getting, you know, better and better talent. The facilities have gotten better. Um, so I think it's just a, you know, there's, there's a little bit here and there that you got to keep improving and improving and learning what works and what doesn't work. And, We've been taking the we've been taking those steps, and I think you know uh, I I know here in the future you're going to see this ball completely start rolling, and uh, we know that once it does, you know there's not going to be anything that can stop us. So uh, I'm very confident in the things that we're doing and seeing the improvements that we're seeing and getting the talent level that we're getting. So uh, I think it's just having faith in the process and you know continuing to improve it, but just having faith that we keep doing these things you're going to see more and more improvement. And then one day it's going to be like, wow, we can't lose. You know, we've, we've really got this thing rolling. Well, Coach, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it as always. Good luck on Friday for your all's annual spring football game. Kickoff will be at 530 over at Institute. So good luck on Friday, and we'll talk soon. Yeah, Taylor, I really appreciate you. Up next, we'll talk with WVU pitcher Noah Short, a Hurricane graduate. We'll talk with him about the Mountaineers' successful baseball season thus far. So we'll talk with Noah coming up next here on the Canal Valley Sports Report. Welcome into a Thursday edition of the Canal Valley Sports Report, April the 27th, 2023. Thank you all for joining me. However, you may be listening to this edition of the show. I appreciate it. A um, lot to get into. In the last segment, we, we talked with the head football coach of West Virginia State University, head coach John Pennington. But now let's focus our attention on some baseball. And let's head to the Diamond, up to Morgantown, where we are pleased to be joined by pitcher of the Mountaineers, Noah Short. Noah, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. So what's been going on, my man? You've had a busy, busy year. You guys have had a lot of success. Before we talk about the season, what's been going on with you? Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm in my fifth year here at WVU, pursuing my master's. So staying busy with that, finally done. Um, and then, you know, finishing out this year, hopefully finish out pretty strong and bring some championships here to Morgantown. Yeah, you guys have had a successful season, 30-11 and 11 so far, 8-4 and four in conference play. What's worked well for you guys this season? Yeah, you know, I think the difference between this season and some of the past seasons is just the camaraderie between the players um, and the the relationship and how, you know, it's all about the system and how it works. So I think the system that we have going on is, is working. Uh, we've had some highs and we've had some lows this season, you know, as expected, every team has that. But um, 
Yeah, you know, it's just the players, the relationship, and how well we're playing together and how we mend together. So, Yeah, talk a little bit more about the relationship that everybody has amongst, amongst one another with the team. Obviously, the camaraderie is a big thing, but how special is that for you being a graduate student for this year's team? Yeah, you know, it's it's bittersweet sitting here and, you know, thinking one of my last seasons maybe playing baseball, and, you know, I couldn't be happier to be here at WU. Uh, finishing it out and you know I think one of the biggest things is the older guys um, we have a lot of good leaders in this program and the older guys have stepped up and you know even the younger guys I think that's one of the most important things is you know you need some of those younger pieces to step up and uh, to produce for you and I think you know our freshman class has done the best out of any freshman class I've played with here so far so um so yeah, I mean it's just it's a it's a mix of of everybody and everybody just doing their job and just worrying about what their job is and just executing that on a daily basis. You talked about that freshman class. Obviously, I would assume your your role as a leader, both on and off the field, has definitely expanded from the first time you stepped onto the field and wore a WVU jersey to now. How have you changed as a leader and continued to be one of those leaders and one of those guys that the, that the younger guys can lean on this season? Yeah, so, I mean, as a younger guy coming in, you don't really know what to expect, <clears throat> you know, how the season goes, the busyness of our travel schedule here at W. you know, it's unlike any other. And to be able to, um, you know, really hone in and, and lead these guys. And, you know, from, from being a freshman to being an older guy here, I've kind of learned that, you know, it's all about how you, how you deliver the message to the younger guys because everyone's different. Everyone um, – you have to say it a certain way to certain younger guys for them to really get it. And, you know, I think my biggest thing here that I've wanted to accomplish is just having an impact on, on my teammates here. And, you know, it, at the end of the day, you know, stats, they go away. Nobody remembers your stats from when you were playing. You know, what people really remember is the impact you had on them and, and uh, what you really did for them. So, you know, as an older guy, it's, it's pretty cool to be able to have that that impact and have younger guys look up to you and um, to really lead them into success. So take it along that line a little bit further. What's something that you know now as a pitcher and being one of the older guys in this program that you might not have known when you first stepped onto the scene with the Mountaineers? Yeah, you know, it's, I think it's just being comfortable. Uh, you know, you, you come in and uh, like I said, you really don't know what to expect and, and to be able to get those, the freshmen and the and the new players in the program comfortable with the way things work and and just letting people be themselves. Um, you know, you play the best when you're yourself, and so to be able to get the guys, those guys comfortable and um, to have confidence, you know, I think that's one of the biggest things. So, how have you grown to be more and more comfortable with this program and the guys around you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just the experience thing. You know, I've, I've experience some really high highs and some really low lows and so to be able to to um teach these younger kids my mistakes from being a younger player here and even my mistakes being an older player you know, you're never perfect and be able to to show them hey this is what i did and it didn't work out so this might be a thing for you to have more success than i did here so you know that's the biggest thing and to have the whole team firing in all cylinders together is the biggest thing because you know our our depth as a team here is is 
pretty large. Uh, most teams don't have that. You know, I'm I'm confident in anybody coming off the bench to to pinch hit or coming in a jam situation to pitch to to have success. You know, to have that to have everybody that can contribute to a role like that's pretty special. So let's talk about you for a little bit. How are you different this year than where you were a season ago? Yeah, I, I think it's just the maturity thing. Um, you know, learning that, you know, to stay um, to stay level, no matter if you play good or play bad, you know, to, that's how you become uh, consistent. Um, not having too high highs and too low lows, and that's, you know, that's how you have a roller coaster season as an individual and as a team. So to be able to have all the guys be able to keep a level head and um, just keep firing away, man, to keep um, – Keep doing your best and um, try to bring some wins here to Morgantown. So, It seems like that, that mentality and that statement has definitely come along with a lot of maturity and also a lot of experience as well, being a Mountaineer, being able to uh, play at the Division One level, especially at a P5 level. But from the standpoint of how that, how that mentality came along, do you recall a moment where you knew that you were comfortable in the moment, you were comfortable with not only your surroundings, but – just internally that you were comfortable with where you were at at that point? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm always striving to be a better player, to be a better leader, to be an example to, to all of my teammates, you know. Um, everybody can make a difference. And, you know, I've had a lot of peers in my life that have had a, a huge effect. Um, one that comes to mind is our strength, our past strength coach, Nolan Harvath. He, he's with football now here at WVU, but um, he – he really instilled that in me to believe in myself and to want those moments, you know, because legends come from, from good moments and to come in a game when it's, you know, nail biting time and to, to do what you do best and to be comfortable. That's how you win. So, you know, just guys around like that, um, leaders that have taught me certain, certain things and, you know, obviously just breeding, just strengthening the mind, your knowledge and, um, learning from other greats, you know, I read a good bit, um, read a lot of books by Tim Grover uh, and some others about, you know, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, their mentalities and, and what made them so great. And it's pretty cool to be able to take pieces of what they did and try to instill it in what you do to make you a better player. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty much. So along all of that, um, along all those lines, how would you describe your performances thus far this season? You've played in 17 games this season. Obviously, the team is 30 and 11 this season, eight and four in conference play. How would you describe your play through the first 41 games? Yeah, so you know, um, beginning of this season, I haven't, I haven't played as well as I've wanted to, um, and that's that's a part of the game. You know, things don't always work out, and you face adversity. And I think adversity is one of the one of the greatest things an athlete can go through because ultimately everything happens for a reason and everything will be okay in the end. And, um, you know, my, my faith is a huge part of that. So, um, being able to, to, to trust God that, you know, everything works out and, um, that he'll, he'll put me where I need to be. So, um, so when you look at this past weekend for you guys, you guys had a, an unbelievable three-game sweep over the TCU Horn Frogs at Mon County Ballpark. How special was that for you guys to get the get that series victory and even to sweep a perennial Big 12 baseball team um, over these last couple of years? 
Yeah, so, you know, TCU has been a, a program that has been at the top of the Big 12 and even college baseball for as long as I can remember. So to be able to, to sweep, uh, you know, in baseball it's hard to beat a team three times in a row. So to beat a team of that notoriety like that, it's pretty cool. And it's just to show that the spot that this team's in. And, you know, I think one of the biggest things is just, you know, being a West Virginia a kid and growing up here and learning about the culture and the, the pride that fans have, man, that's to be able to, to do it for them. Um, it's pretty special and it, it makes you want to be better for those fans. And I mean, as many people have seen the, the support we've gotten from fans here in the state and even out of the state across the nation's unbelievable. Um, and I, you know, I don't think there's any other school or culture like that, um, that many people get to experience. You brought up an interesting point about the fan support, the um, support, whether it be in-state or out-of-state. But what's been fascinating about this season, Noah, is the relationship and the continuing relationship, I should say, between the Mountaineer baseball team and the Iowa State softball team. Kind of walk me through that. What What do you think about that so far? Yeah, so um, our, our W Barstool account, I saw that they had reached out to Iowa State because – um, another comment that Iowa State's Barstool team had had said about um, not having you know any sport to um, to support throughout the spring season, and so our Barstool kind of adopted them, and you know it kind of went from there. So props to them for doing that, and to be able to to join forces with Iowa State softball since we don't have a softball team, and they don't have a baseball team. It's it's been a pretty cool bond, um, and they were actually in Oklahoma State in Stillwater when we played Oklahoma State. Um, and they they had come out to our game. Uh, they asked for tickets, so um, our administration had reserved their whole team tickets, and so that was pretty cool. You know, to see support from a softball team at Iowa State to come out and support you in, a, in an environment like Oklahoma State, you know, that's that's pretty cool, and that gives you a little fire underneath of you to, uh, to play even better, you know, um, especially in an environment like that. How surreal was it, though, whenever you started hearing a bunch of chants, uh, a bunch of fans chanting for you guys whenever you guys would do something right, and you're like, there are Mountaineer fans in Stillwater? Yeah, you know, um, when you play away at the Power 5 level, you know, TCU, Texas, Oklahoma State, those places can get pretty hostile, and they, they try to pull you out of your zone and out of your game. Um, and so typically when you do something good, they're – there's not a lot of people that are fired up for you except your own dugout and your teammates. Um, so to hear fans in the stands to support you like that when you're doing something good, it, it really um, it really gives you an edge. So When you look at this season for you guys, what's going to make it even more special? I think I know the answer to it, but just from the standpoint of you being in that locker room each and every day, being able to uh, interact with these guys, what's it going to take for this season just to continue – it's special vibe that it's already thrown out these, these, the first 41 games. Yeah. So, I mean, there's the only thing we have to do to continue our success is just be ourselves and play our game. Um, we don't have to do anything outside ourselves. We go out and we play the same game that we played in the fall, fall inner squad, you know, um, and all that hard work is accounted for. Um, all those reps are accounted for and, and just to be able to trust your teammates and go out and have fun. Um, no matter the outcome, I think it really makes it enjoyable when you can when you can win like that. So what is it going to take for this year's team to 
win the regular season title and then ultimately be able to host another regional? Yeah, I mean, just the continuation of success and uh, the wins, you know, um, finishing out this Big 12 regular season and doing what we're supposed to do. So, I mean, that just means pitchers executing what they do best, continue to work day in and day out, um, and just to keep the bond we have, to keep having fun. You know, I think that's the most important thing because when this team has fun, it's we win, you know. So not to press and just to be ourselves. So I think we're in a really good spot. Talk to me a little bit about this pitching room depth. I mean, you guys have a lot of depth from top to bottom. You got yourself, Blaine Traxel, Ben Hampton, uh, Tommy Beam, just guys like that. What's that camaraderie like amongst one another whenever you guys do have so much depth from top to bottom? Yeah, you know, it's usually as an older guy, you um, I always say pressure is a privilege, you know, and as an older guy, there's you're expected to do well. Um, you're expected to succeed and to have younger guys that can step up in times that you don't succeed and to succeed for the team. Uh, it, it's really special, you know, and it, it makes you think that, you know, you can trust anyone that goes out there. And I wholeheartedly believe that no matter what pitcher gets on that mound, I am going to root for. And I believe they'll, they'll have success just because of the work they've put in. And, um, you know, just our team bond, um, super special um so i mean even our hitters i think the pitching staff works for the hitters and the hitters work for the pitching staff so when you're when you're all working together like that man it's hard for uh it's hard for anyone to really beat you so when you talk about where you were your freshman year to now and being able to be one of these these senior guys and especially in that pitching room as well what are some pitching things that you've learned over the years that have been applicable for what you've been able to accomplish so far this season? Yeah, so I think, you know, just the experience. Um, the experience for me is, as you might know, I was a walk-on here. Um, I gave the shot at West Virginia. It's my home state. This is where I wanted to play. So really just um, the experience and trusting myself. And, you know, you've got to want those big moments. You really do. And, um, when you can go out there and be like, hey, I want the ball right now. I want to win this game for my team. And I, I certainly believe that every pitcher on our staff um, wants that. You know, they want the ball in every situation. And when they don't get the ball, they're rooting for the guy that did get the ball. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and I talk to our pitching staff a lot. Um, you know, Tevin Tucker, he's the leader of our position players and our team, our team captain. And, um just to have, you know, older guys like Blaine Traxel, myself, um, Ben Hampton, um, and, you know, the rest of the starters in the bullpen, um, just to learn from each other. I think that's the biggest thing. You know, I don't have it all figured out, neither does everybody else in the pitching staff, but to be able to, to learn from others in times of adversity and times of success, you know, it makes everyone around you better. So, couple more for you, and kind of walk me back to – how you got to West Virginia. Obviously, you started your collegiate baseball career at Moorhead State. You mentioned how you walked on with the Mountaineer baseball team. How did that all come about? Why leave Moorhead State and come up to Morgantown? Yeah, so I, I had an awesome opportunity at Moorhead State, and um, I love the coaching staff there. And So I went there for the fall of my freshman year and developed. Um, I was throwing my arm slot was from over the top at the time. Um, you know, as, as I spent the semester there, I was like, you know what? Like, I just don't feel like this is the right fit. Like, I, I need to be – there's somewhere else I need to be. 
Um, you know, my dream was to play here at West Virginia, is to grow up here. And so to be able to, you know, come here and just have the opportunity to walk on and to have the chance to pitch the Mountaineers was a blessing. Um, you know, like I said, everything happens for a reason. And if you would have told me five years ago I would have been an older guy and W's back into the bullpen, it's what I've believed you. I don't know, you know. But um, like I said, everything happens for a reason, and, and God has a plan. So to be able to, to come here and to have success um, for most of my career, and, you know, it's it's been pretty amazing. And just, you know, it was my dream to play here. So, um just to see the fans around you and uh, people I grew up with come to games that I haven't talked to in years. Like it's cool to see that support and it's, you know, it's truly been a blessing. What has it been like for you to be able to play in front of your home state, in front of your home, um, your home team's crowd as well, just being a West Virginia native playing for the land grant institution at WVU? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all I could have ever asked for, you know, he told me my baseball career would – I'd pitch for WVU and um, maybe hold some records at the end of it, man. That's that's all I've ever dreamed of. So, um, it means everything. You know, no matter where you go, we travel to Oklahoma, Texas. There's there's always Mountaineer fans wherever you go. Um, even Arizona this year, we had some Mountaineer fans. So, to see that support that not many other institutions have, it's pretty cool. And it, and it gives you an edge to play with, to play for those people and uh, – and to really bring a championship that they deserve. A couple more for you. And what advice would you give a West Virginia baseball player that was in your shoes at one point and they're still trying to figure out whether or not they, they think this baseball thing is going to work out? And obviously they look up to you and they say, yeah, that's that's what I want to be. What, what advice would you give to those individuals? You know, I, I, I truly believe that whatever you want in life, you need to go for it. Because if you don't go for it, then you never know. Um, and that, and that's what I did. Um, you know, there were people telling me when I came here, you should never came there, blah, blah, blah. You'll never be able to pitch all this stuff. And, you know, I just, I believed in myself. My family believed in me, um, my friends around me. And so I gave it a shot. Um, and I risked it all, you know, I could have came here and not made the team and maybe not have played baseball to this point, but you know, that's, that was my dream, and I went for it all. Um, so to be able to, to take that risk and to really see it come to fruition, man, it's, you know, for any younger kids out there, it's just whatever you're dreaming of, go for it because um, that's really what you want in the end. And uh, when that comes to fruition, it's it's pretty cool to see. And finally, Noah, what's next for you? What's next for you after baseball? Yeah, so I just I just finished my master's degree this week, so – um, you know, I'm not, I'm not done with baseball, obviously finishing out this year, um, hopefully win some championships on the way. And then this summer I'll, uh, continue to play for the West Virginia black bears here at, uh, Mon County ballpark. So I'll play in the draft league and, you know, my, I've always wanted to play professionally. So if those opportunities present themselves, then I'll go for it. Um, if they don't, then, you know, God's got a bigger purpose for me to have maybe his purpose for me to have impact on players' lives here and, and just the residents of West Virginia, you know, the, the, the 1.8 million people here, um, to give them a reason to support a WU sport. So, um, so yeah. Well, Noah, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate your time as always. Good luck the rest of the way this season, and I look forward to seeing what you do on the mound and the, the rest of the Mountaineers throughout the rest of the season. So good luck, and we'll talk soon.
All righty. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Up next, we'll put a bow on this Thursday edition of the Canal Valley Sports Report, and we'll do that right after this break. back into a Thursday edition of the Canal Valley Sports Report, April the 27th, 2023. Thank you all for joining me. However, you may be listening to the show. You can find the podcast version of the show wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. That will do it for me for the Thursday edition of the Canal Valley Sports Report. Special thanks to John Pennington and Noah Short for joining me on today's show. I'll be back on Monday. I will see you all then. This has been the Canal Valley Sports Report.